from baconhound.com and you're listening to off menu the podcast where i talk about food and sometimes not food with the chefs bakers restaurateurs and food producers to do all those things we love today's guest on off menu is jacqueline jasek owner of edmonton's jasek chocolate couture she radiates positivity and I'm pretty sure you're going to be unable to resist her passion for spreading joy, just like I was. Stay tuned. We're going to learn a little bit about chocolate, a lot about Jacqueline, and even who she thinks is the coolest person she knows. Hi, Jacqueline. How are you doing? I am very well, thank you. And how are you? I'm doing pretty good. So we like to start every episode with, of course, a drink, because why wouldn't you? Of course. I'm, I'm totally into that. So today we've got a 2013 Malvoir Gamay from Niagara Peninsula. It's one of Robin's favorites. Yeah, I can um, see why. Yeah, she maybe a little too often there's a bottle or two of that in the house. <laughs> Are you a fan of Canadian wine? I am a fan of Canadian wine. I'm actually just learning about it. I grew up in New Zealand, so I know New Zealand wines a little bit better. But I'm, I'm really you know, getting onto the Canadian wines now for sure. Give this one a taste, see what you think. It's amazing. It's a super easy drinking wine. It's fruity. It's a good daytime drinking wine for sure. Good lunch wine, I think. Perfect. You're hired to sell gamay. <laughs> well, yes, I'll have to do some more sampling. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever pair wines with chocolates? Is that something that you do or do you kind of just feel like hey, everything goes with chocolate? Well, no, I think pairing wine with chocolate is really interesting and not everything goes with chocolate. So you can't say red wine goes with chocolate or one white wine goes with all chocolate. It really comes down to the notes. And just like wine, chocolate from different origins has different notes or nuances. And so we really want to try and pair those or contrast them in a pairing as well. Uh, so we have a few different people that we work with for wine pairings because we're not experts. We know the chocolate side, but we really love to learn more about wine. So we do get other people on board with us. So who, who does that for you? I'm um, Sasha McCall is one of our faves in Edmonton. We work really closely with her. And Eberhardt as well from Inotri is another person we work with. Yeah, I know Sasha too. She's awesome. Yeah, she's great. And she's a huge fan of chocolate. So she's sort of our go-to. You're a chocolatier, which is a little different than a chocolate maker. And I think a lot of people probably get confused on that difference. So do you want to maybe just walk us through what, what is the main difference between the two? Absolutely. That's a great question. One of my favorites, actually. So the best analogy I have is fashion. So JSIC is built on this whole fashion principle anyway. So the chocolate maker is essentially the fabric maker. They take cocoa beans from the farms, roast them, conch them, and create chocolate. And then the chocolatier is essentially the dressmaker. They take the fabric from the chocolate maker and create the dress or the final piece or the bonbon. Until recently, JSIC was exclusively a chocolatier, but we're really excited to becoming a chocolate maker as well. We're actually launching our first bean to bar fabric line next month. All right. Wow. Well, there you go. I didn't know that either. I'm full uh, of secrets, Phil. Yeah. Well, that's good. We're going to try and steal some of those secrets today. <laughs> well, you got one. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you refer to JSIC chocolate as kind of a fusion between chocolate and fashion, which I found really interesting. How did that come about and which one of those passions came up first for you? Sure. I think the whole fashion 
thing for JSIC is one of our core differentiators. There's a lot of great chocolatiers in the city, but I think the fashion aspect is what makes us really different. And the way I got about it was I was, you know, finished my marketing degree at university. I was working in the corporate world. I knew I wanted a business that brought people joy. And for me, joy is fashion and chocolate. I couldn't decide which way I wanted to go. So I decided to train in chocolate, but run a chocolate business on a fashion business model. Meaning we are chocolate designers. We launch chocolates in seasons just like fashion. So we're always looking at form, shape, and function. We do the same same thing in fashion design as we do in chocolate. All right, seasonal chocolate. Yeah. It's kind of a cool idea. Your prior history though wasn't really in the food industry, right? You were you were in corporate marketing. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious, how did that really help you get where you are today? You know, all the success that you've had from opening a few years back in your basement mm-hmm. to having two locations now. That marketing background must have been pretty invaluable there. I think so. I think marketing is, is you know, being able to connect with people and sort of building a loyal group of supporters. And having never been from a kitchen background or from a culinary background, I mean, I've definitely had some challenges and I had learned a lot. But I also think it gave me the ability to think outside the square. I wasn't trained in any way. So I find my own solutions and I don't really think the traditional way when it comes to kitchen operations or anything like that. But I must say that a lot of the sort of success to date is due to the team I have. I have a crazy good team of people who believe in our vision of joy and our mission, but you know, some of them really have strengths in operations, which is not my strength. I'm more on the marketing side. (laughs) So they say hire, you know, hire for your weaknesses. And I've definitely done that. I'm kind of curious how you can manage to build a really good team when everyone in Edmonton that runs a small business that I know always has the same problems is staffing all the time. How do we get and keep good staff? Absolutely. So how do you manage to keep people when, when you find out they you hire them and you train them and they're really good at their job? How yeah. do you keep them there? Yeah. So I think that's the biggest challenge for me too, is definitely the people side of things. I hire based on attitude. I actually don't hire based on skill, um, which I think is really important. We hire based on joy. So if you can't bring joy, you're not a good fit for our team. The skills of making chocolate, you can train that you can't train attitude. So most of the people we have actually don't have a culinary background. We've trained them and we're very particular in the way we do things. So it's easier to train somebody in our ways instead of untraining and retraining. So we actually hire based on attitude alone and people that buy into our, our core mission of joy. And so they're actually with us with, you know, for the long term. we haven't had a whole lot of attrition. That's kind of amazing because that's actually very similar to the philosophy that I use. And when I've trained people in prior jobs as well, I will take the hard worker who wants to learn and has the right attitude over the person who just thinks they're great and they have a natural talent for it because that only takes you so far. If you have a crappy attitude, it's all useless. Absolutely. And joy is fundamental to the business. So if you can't live and breathe joy, then you're just not a good fit. And I think it's counterproductive to what we're trying to do. And I've learned some really hard lessons. Like I have had to let people go who are very, very good, very skilled at their jobs because they couldn't bring joy to work. So it's been a really hard lesson in finding the right people, but we are very careful. You know, we, we have people work in all areas of the business before they come on board with us. They do trial sessions with us and all of that to make sure that they really fit to the core of who we are. That's um, put a really interesting emphasis on how you hire, which is, it's kind of interesting to see, especially when everyone has a hard time getting people to, mm-hmm. to be able to still maintain that focus on this is what I want in an employee. Yeah. And, and I'm not willing to compromise. If you can't really come through on that vision for me, then you're not right for us. I have a lot of respect for that, actually. Well, thank you. And do you know what? And I think it's, it's hard to find good people and it's not about money. I mean, in the food business, there isn't a whole lot of money to share. So we really need to find people that 
don't see money as the prime motivator for working. And there's a lot of people like that that just want to make a difference and they want to contribute. And so I'm very blessed to have found a lot of those people. Yeah, well, money's part of it, right? But for me, a really good job that I want to stay at isn't exclusively about money. No, of course not. I mean, they have to be compensated fairly, of course. Sure. But but what else can we offer that's bigger than that? Yeah, for sure. It's the whole package. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to chocolate because I'm not <laughs> a genius when it comes to chocolate or a number of other things. So tempering is one of those things that I always hear about when we're talking about chocolate. And I think probably a lot of people are as in the dark about that as I am. Mm -hmm. I don't, so can you maybe tell us what is tempering? Why is it necessary? What does it accomplish? Absolutely. So tempering is the key skill of a chocolatier. Tempering is a process of heating and cooling the chocolate to create the proper crystallization in the chocolate. So when you bite into it, it's got a really good snap. Now I'm sure everyone's seen chocolate that has that white kind of film on it, kind of looks grayish. And that's because the chocolate has come out of temper. What it means is that the chocolate is no longer crystallized properly. It's either had some heat to it and the cocoa butter splits from the sugar and the cocoa mass. And so it kind of just floats to the top. It doesn't mean the chocolate is bad. It means the chocolate needs to be retempered. So go through that process again of melting the chocolate, cooling it, heating it, and then it's workable again. So the whole key of tempering is making sure the chocolate is in good health. It's got good snap for ultimate optimum flavor release. All right. Optimum flavor release. Is that a, a marketing term that you've come up with? No, I just like kind of made that on the spot. So we can add improv to your list of skills. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Where do you get your inspiration from? I know I saw recently uh, you guys are launching a line of Marie Antoinette inspired chocolates. I'm so excited. Which, how do you come up with an idea like that? It's just so crazy out of the box. It's kind of cool. Like, I don't even have the slightest idea where you would come up with that to start with. So, so I think that's the number one question is, am I going to run out of ideas for different muses or concepts for collections? And it's absolutely impossible. I'm actually just looking out your window right now and I see the fall trees. I see brick. I see vehicles passing by. I mean, there's three different collection ideas there. What about doing a nature collection with leaves, uh, flavors from different times of the year, how the leaves go through transition. So there's just so many ideas we have. So when we, Go to design a collection. We'll discuss different ideas. And yes, you're right. We did follow Marie Antoinette for the fall winter collection. I just think it's such a beautiful era of decadence. And we just wanted something a little bit more French. So we, we came on the idea of Marie Antoinette. So then we have this theme and we have a big blackboard in our studio and then we just start shooting off ideas on what are some of the flavors of the time. We had Randall McDonald come speak to us about the epoch and Louis XVI and different imagery of the time and we just started bouncing off ideas color design and we just start designing that way cool so do most of these ideas start with something that you've come up with or do your staff also kind of chip in it's with that kind definitely of stuff? a team effort i think it would be selfish of me to take the creative out of the job because that is the most exciting part of it it's definitely a team effort and it's definitely not just me how's the wine amazing i need some too so a first time visitor to JSIC chocolate, what should they order? What, what will give them the Ooh. best kind of overall feeling about what you guys are all about? That's a great question. So I would say go for a six piece and get six different styles of chocolate. So the four main types of chocolate or styles of chocolate at JSIC, you have a caramel, you have a melt away, which is a soft center, but instead of using cream, we use coconut oil. So it melts really quick, okay. hence the name melt away. Mm -hmm. um, a traditional ganache that's probably infused. Uh, so that is a cream butter base. And then a petite bar, which is a bite of our chocolate bar. And so it's a solid piece, but you'll get an idea of the chocolate bar style we have as well. But you had me at ganache. Yeah. And now I know that you can eat it some other way than just with a spoon on the couch. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. Crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, ganache has got so many uses. You can use it in chocolates, use it as icing. Yeah. I had an ice cream the other day that it was, it tasted like it was just a frozen ganache. It was amazing. Oh, amazing. It was so good. Is there a specific product there that has proven to be this overwhelming hit? Is there one thing that stands out or is kind of everything is, is really popular equally? No, I think, um, I think that's the beauty. So if I ever have a collection and everyone likes every flavor, I've failed as a, as a designer. I want people to have an emotional response. I want you to love them. I want you to have some least favorites. And so we want, really want an emotional response. So there's never one flavor that everybody absolutely loves because they're all so different and nobody has the same palette. But I would say, uh, it's the salted caramel. And I'm like, it's been around for so long now, but people still gravitate towards the salted caramel for some reason. There's something about salted caramel. I love every single thing salted caramel. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, if I had to say the most popular flavor, it would be that and our Jackie chocolate bar, which is not named after me, just to clarify. It's after Jackie Onassis. Massive uh, mistake on my part. I didn't even connect. It's my name. I did not name a bar after myself. And so the Jackie's crazy popular as well, which is a salted caramel chocolate bar. And okay, so that's the popular stuff. What's your personal favorite there? Oh, so I actually have a savory tooth, which is pretty ironic and funny <laughs> because I prefer salt. So one of my favorite flavors we've ever done was a basil sea salt and dark chocolate. So it kind of had that earthiness to it and the spiciness of basil with flour de sel de guerin, so beautiful salt in a dark chocolate. Very polarizing. People loved it or hated it. And I loved that experience of it. Like, yeah. you know, it, it sticks in people's minds as well. One that I got a lot of hate mail for discontinuing was the old-fashioned root beer float. We bring it back once a year now just to appease those that I upset. And we bring it back at Father's Day. But we make our own root beer syrup from different roots. And we infuse it in white chocolate. And then we have like a fizzy powder on top as well. So it kind of fizzes like a root beer float does. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, why'd you take that off? It's part of our business model. Just it was a, a seasonal. It was a seasonal line. It was in my nostalgia line. So we had things like uh, old-fashioned root beer float, peanut or peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It was, um, and like any collection, the you know it runs its course and it's done. Hence the box of chocolates that you brought has a pumpkin spice caramel in it. Yeah, absolutely. This time of year. This time of year. So the the Thanksgiving line is one we do for just two weeks of the year, and it just helps you know because people are waiting now for the fall collection. So it's a nice little change from our summer line before we launch into fall winter. Have you got any tips for the average consumer? How do you pick a good chocolate when you're at the store, at the grocery store, other than your store? Of course, obviously you're gonna to go to JSIC Chocolate and get great chocolate. It really uh, depends. How do you tell? Yeah, it depends on your palate. I mean, it depends. I mean, if you're gonna to go to a grocery store, look at shelf life. If the chocolate's gonna last a year uh, or two, like if it's a truffle base or like a bonbon, you know, it's so full of preservatives. There's not a whole lot of real ingredients in there. So I would say, look at the shelf life and of it's it. The, it's the wonder bread of chocolate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Never so goes bad. yeah, it never goes bad. And it depends what you're into as well. Um, for chocolate bars, I mean, try and stick to sort of smaller retailers uh, like Blush Organics or Planet Organic. Duchess Provisions is a great one for chocolate. They have a great selection of different bars. So I would say just choose your retailer over the product. They've already curated it for you. All right. Last year, you guys did an advent calendar, a chocolate advent calendar. And it proved to be quite popular. You sold out, right? Oh, yes. Very quickly. Very quickly. It was a gong show. How many did you do? We only did 250. And we didn't anticipate that it would be such a success. And this is kind of funny. At JSIC, I always under forecast is kind of my thing. So when I say <laughs> do 200, they always do three. Okay. <laughs> um, it was just kind of a way of testing the market to see if Edmonton was really into this idea of an artisan chocolate calendar. And they were really into it. We had lineups in, at both stores before we opened. And uh, we sold out in four hours. Four hours, wow. Well, I think 
Edmonton's really getting to that point where the market for, especially gifts mm -hmm. that are local in nature mm -hmm. and interesting and unique is really picking up steam. So, I mean, that would be something for sure. I'd be, I mean, my wife Robin's sitting right here next to us, so I can't really <laughs> say that that's going to have, that's planned for Christmas for me this year, but... Mm -hmm. You know, I'm probably going to get one for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is you need it before Christmas because you need to start eating it December 1st. So to me, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. You know, you get one every day leading up to Christmas. And I mean, the whole scotch advent calendar, the beer advent calendar, there's tons of different versions of it. So it's yeah. just kind of a fun, fun thing for December. I've seen that beer advent calendar and it, the thing is huge. I mean, how do I, I can't fit that in my fridge. That's crazy. So I just drink them all the first day. <laughs> Very clever, very clever. Yeah, yeah, you can't put one past me. So there's going to be a 2015 edition of the advent calendar? There is, and I'm super excited about it. Last year was kind of a beta version. It wasn't sort of as polished as I would have hoped, but this year it's the full hog. I'm super pumped about it. It's 24 different flavors, so it's not your traditional style of advent of all one flavor, but it's 24 different shelf-stable flavors so and when can people order those because obviously if you're going to sell it in four hours uh, it's something i have to put in my in my calendar yeah absolutely so our newsletter customers are those that we feel um have been following us they're choosing to follow us they're probably our loyal followers they they actually are going to find out when they're available so i'm not saying a date there is an email going to them first okay. so if people want to be on that list just go to our website and uh, sign up to our newsletter so you can be one of the first to get one and then they are officially available November 14th, and they'll be available at the J6 stores at both Credo Coffee locations, as well as Duchess Provisions. Yeah, I'm going to have to get one of those. How much are they? They are $65 plus GST. $65 for 24 days of happiness? That's a pretty good deal. That's what I think. Good way to put it. I'm, gonna, I'm totally going to rip off that marketing slogan. Oh, yeah. My commission is really reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move away a little bit from chocolate and talk about you. Okay. When you're not elbow deep in chocolate, mm -hmm. what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, free time. Oh, yeah, I know. Free yeah, time. yeah. Free Small business owner free time, which yeah. means like the half an hour before you go to bed. Yeah, well, I love being with my family. Um, I have a young son. He's four years old. And so he's, uh, a lot of my focus is obviously on him. And so we, uh, you know, we love, you know, being outside. He loves baseball. So uh, now that it's fall, we're going to have to find an indoor sport because baseball is not allowed in the house. Um, <laughs> but other than that, uh, we, we do try and find time to travel a little bit as well. And so spending time with the family is pretty key. But I love what I do. Like, to me, JSIC is not a job. It is my life. So, you know, I'm always thinking. I'm always mm -hmm. working. And my husband can attest to this. Yeah, so, I think that's the key to not getting burnt out in a job, though, right? If you actually really legitimately love what you do. Oh, for sure. And this is, this is not a job. I mean, it is literally my life. And it's what I choose to do with my time. So I try and run. I try and go to the gym. I don't go as much as I should. And, of course... Given what I do, weight gain is definitely an, an occupational hazard. I would imagine that's true, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I <laughs> do love to me. work out and um, just meeting up with friends and going out for wines or coffee is probably one of my favorite things to do. So, we know that you can handle yourself with chocolate, but how are you in the kitchen otherwise? Do you know, are you a good cook? I love cooking, absolutely. Both my husband and I do, um, but we're very much uh, going to the one chef in the kitchen at at a time. We don't uh, generally cook together too much because we both love giving tips. <laughs> and so um, I do love to cook and my style, I love, I love salads. I love veggies. I love the fresh side of cooking uh, where my husband is totally the meatarian. And so um, when we do cook together, I'll definitely do the salads and the pasta or whatever, and he'll do the, the meat. Well, it sounds like maybe you guys are a really good couple for sharing plates then. Yes, absolutely. You'll take all the meat. You can take all the vegetables. It's exactly how it goes. Yeah, yeah. pretty easy. It works sort of like that at our house, except for I take all the meat and all the vegetables and Robin eats the dessert. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, see, we never, and we never generally get dessert because 
I've stuffed myself with appetizers. I love salty things. Mm, yeah. yeah, me too. Uh, do you travel? Yes, I love traveling. Unfortunately, we don't have a whole lot of time now. Um, I just got back from Toronto and uh, checked out the scene there, which was great. I saw you combining the travel with some baseball there. Yes, of course. I'm supporting the Blue Jays for sure. Um, mm -hmm. I'm definitely a bandwagon fan, but my husband's a true blue <laughs> fan of the Jays he's been watching right. nobody likes cheering for a loser that's right that's right well, but he still did so you know <laughs> we, we kind of made it a combo trip for sure I want to give you a chance to give a shout out to some of the Edmonton restaurants or food trucks or yeah. other suppliers that you really love What's cool favorite? okay well coffee I'd say credo for sure and um, they've been a partner of mine for a long time but not only that I love their product I love their philosophy I love that they use intelligentsia who you know is all about um, ethically sourcing as are we um, in terms of restaurant, love, love, love Range Road. It's probably one of my faves, as, as well as Corso. Okay. Baking Duchess, of course. Uh, they are killing it in so many different ways. Wine, I'm partial to New Zealand Whites. Yeah. Are there Edmonton businesses that I love in food? Do you have a favorite food truck? Do you know what? I haven't even done the food truck thing really here. Really? Because, well, I'm working in Sherwood Park. They won't oh, come out yeah. to us. So <laughs> I'm, I'm in the kitchen during the day, so I don't get to really take advantage of the food trucks, hmm. sadly. But do you know what's a really great spot that I think people often forget about is um, the Runaway Spoon. Uh, oh, the dish. The dish. Thank the you. The dish and the Runaway Spoon. Yes, that's the guy. Okay. I love their lunch. Well, I haven't, I haven't, I don't even know if I've been there. Well, that's the thing. It's kind of one of the, the, the gems. Too. Yeah. I, so, I did hear about last summer, though, that they have a really nice patio that's around they back. They do. They do. And it's just kind of a quaint, and it reminds me of New Zealand. I think it's kind of nostalgic for me, so that's that's one of the reasons I really like it. And I'm really excited for the workshop to open in the Mosaic Center, Paul Schufeld's new place. So, yeah, can't wait to go check that out. All right. Yeah, that's opening pretty soon, I think. Yeah. So the popcorn round, essentially, mm -hmm. this is a, a bunch of rapid-fire questions that we're going to end on, and hopefully we're going to get some interesting answers and put you on the spot a couple of times okay great but it's not too hard don't be too nervous oh god i'm so nervous we'll start with the easy ones and then <laughs> the ones at the end that those ones you should wet okay yeah uh team summer or team winter ah oh, see i like them both team summer for personal reasons team winter for the business because that's when we're busiest fine dining or comfort food fine dining pumpkin spice yay or nay yes in everything no just certain spots yeah, certain spots. Not in coffee. I think it, it ruins coffee. In chocolate, I'll say yes, for okay. obvious okay. reasons. <laughs> yeah, consider you have a pumpkin spice yeah. chocolate. Yeah, um, but not in coffee. Okay, your bucket list travel destination. Oh, God, that's a tough one. I would say Italy. Haven't been yet, and I really want to go eat my way through it. That's fair. First thing you'd buy if you won a $50 million jackpot. $50 million? Yes. Oh, gosh. I would buy just a ton of retail locations. I would still do the same thing I do. Really? I just wouldn't need a bank. Wow. What is your kitchen jam? What kind of music do you listen to? Oh, gosh. Depends on the day. And so we actually rotate in the kitchen. Everyone gets to choose a day because there is everything. I would probably go pop just because it's fun and there's a lot of dancing that goes on in the kitchen. So it just, it, it brings up the dance level. It kind of fits when you were talking about the, the whole joy aspect. Totally. Totally. And when we're feeling a ton of joy, you should see my Ellen impression. It's impressive. So I, I bring the Ellen out. Are you out. feeling any joy right now? Yes, but I'm not going to bring it out. <laughs> <laughs> and thank God this is a podcast, not, not yeah. TV. <laughs> <laughs> What is your kitchen kryptonite? What's the one thing in the kitchen you just, you can never pull off? Oh, what can we never pull off? Well, me personally, sure. the honey caramel. I cannot get this honey caramel 
to save myself and it's become the kitchen joke. It's, it's very temperature sensitive. You've got to stir it just the right way. Hold your tongue the right way. <laughs> and it's one thing. And, and Curtis is the only one, one of our chocolatiers that can pull this caramel off. Uh, both me and the other head chocolatier. We just can't do it. So that, that honey caramel is the bane of my life. What would your last meal be? Arancini uh, and wine and cheese. So one of your favorite restaurants should have been Barbarico then probably. Yeah, actually it is, but I kind of lumped that with Corso. <laughs> uh, who's the coolest person you know? Oh, coolest person I know. Oh man, there's so many. Okay, they're tied. I think Giselle from Duchess is probably one of the nicest, coolest, talented people I know. And then Jeff from Credo, because I know we have the best business discussions and food discussions. So I love talking business and food. And then my husband as well, because he keeps me on the straight and narrow because I have a lot of big ideas. And it's awesome that he can sort of bring me back to reality and help me make those realities happen. You are so lucky you said your husband right at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be trouble. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? Probably all balls. Well, that's a little bit unique at least. It's not the usual. No, it's no. Good. It doesn't start with an F. Yeah. If you could add one talent to your repertoire, what would it be? Singing. It would probably be easier on the ears in the kitchen when I am singing. Um, how do we actually verify that you don't have that talent right now? Oh, because we're not going to. You can take my word for it. We could throw some karaoke in at the end. That's fine. <laughs> do you know what? If we do this again, I'll practice and maybe I'll do a rendition of something. All right. Perfect. And I will not. <laughs> if you overheard people having a conversation about you, what would you hope to hear them say? Um, I would hope they would say that she brings a lot of joy, that I feel energized when I meet her, which is the core purpose of who we are as a business and who I am. I think that's kind of what I want for me is what I manifest through my business. Well, it's a perfect way to end right there. So uh, we wrapped it up nicely. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. This is fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Off Menu. Check out the show notes on my website, baconhound.com, for info from the show, including where you can get yourself some Jason chocolate and links to Jacqueline's local food picks. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes so you don't miss an episode. The snappy and totally awesome music for Off Menu was provided by Mrs. Glass. Check them out in the iTunes store.